0: And once again, welcome to the official Jets podcast. We were presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. I'm Eric Allen here at our studio at One Jets Drive. Joined by one of the busiest men in professional sports, my buddy, Leger Doozable. Dooz, are you
1: keeping your head above water? We're trying, EA. We're almost there. We're almost, the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, you know, divisional round this weekend. And championship weekend and we got a pro bowl weekend in between with senior bowl and then you know the coup de grace right super bowl at the end
0: (laughs) oh man only a few weeks away okay but let's off the top talk about what's going on right here with the jets yeah what were your initial reactions when you had heard that the jets had parted ways with offensive coordinator michael fleur
1: Yeah, I mean, you hear rumors, but just from everybody I talked to, you know, it was a bit surprising, but not surprising. EA, um, when you understand that, you know, when teams heard that the Jets may move on without Michael Flora, they might mutually part ways. There was a lot of interest from other teams, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I think he signed with the Rams already. Um, So, you know, he has a familiarity um, with Sean McVay. You know his brother coached with him in Washington, um, but I, I, I I'm I don't get it. I would say only because it's hard as an offensive coordinator to play to make play calls, right? I don't think people yep. understand. The, there's a true art to uh, calling plays, and then when you feel like you're handicapped at times because there's an epic flow at the quarterback position, there's no continuity there. It's tough. Like where does that put you at as far as rhythm? Because everything when you call plays, EA is a rhythm right and, and if you've played four quarterbacks in one year there is no rhythm right it's tough you got offensive line injuries up front um you know you lose Brees hall avt early in the year it's tough yes the nfl you have to adjust but but some things are just tough to over overcome and honestly i thought you know uh, losing napa rest in peace to him was a big blow to this staff right and i thought maybe that you know salah and you, you know and staff would maybe bring somebody in that's a veteran, like a Kubiak or something like that, while keeping Mike LaFleur on. But it seems like at the end of the day, they mutually wanted to part ways. And, you know, best of luck to Mike. You know, I, I was with Mike in 2017 with the San Francisco 49ers, just like with Sala. Great dude. I love him and wish nothing but the best for him.
0: Yeah, good dude. Creative mind. He's a hard worker. I think he's going to have success in the National Football League. We saw him have some success here. We talked about... The quarterback instability, man, nobody could have predicted that the Jets would have started Joe Flacco to start the year against the Baltimore Ravens, and Joe Flacco ended the year as the team's starting quarterback against the Miami Dolphins. When you think about the quarterback instability, what happened, though, to the team down the stretch? We're not, I mean, we're going to push this thing forward, but like you mentioned that, hey, the play caller couldn't get into a rhythm. And, yes, the quarterback has so much to do with it. But what else was happening in your eyes as why the Jets faltered down the stretch completely, dude, because they didn't even score a touchdown in those final three games?
1: Yeah, I mean, lack of productivity from the quarterback position was definitely one. We all know, and not to, to, to beat a dead horse, and I don't even know if we're legally allowed to say that anymore. But, um, you know, with Zach Wilson, I think it came to a point where it was a confidence thing. And then, obviously, his mechanics and everything were all over the place. Um, and that's something that you can't fix during the season, EA. That's something that you literally need a total re- reboot in the off season to get your feet and, and arms and eyes to match. Um, but, you know, I think it, I think besides that, the one thing you got to have in this league, EA's confidence. And I think yeah. confidence was wavering on Zach Wilson just because he had – a lack of success after being benched and then coming back. And yes, people will say, you know, in a Detroit game, I think you threw for over 300 yards, but how many of that was just, you know, out of the pocket, right? Off script, not living within the offense. And we know this, we've had this discussion many times. That's not viable offense. You can't do that on a week to week basis, right? And then I think everything came to a head in the Jacksonville game. And I actually went back and watched that Jacksonville game as I was preparing. Uh, to do the pre and post games for the uh, the wild card weekend because you know Jacksonville played the Chargers and right. like the Chargers, the Jets like to play a lot of man coverage. Their corners are aggressive; they get in your face. And whenever they did that, Trevor Lawrence had issues. But you know that's I'm talking about something else. Getting back to Zach, <laughs> um, the first quarter he actually didn't play that bad. EA, when I went back and watched it, it was the second quarter, and and then you just saw his confidence just again wavering as incomplete passes happened. He had to throw balls away on third down because, you know, the the offensive line struggled a lot in that game. And we know on Thursday night football, especially late in the season, I think that was like week 16, your body's beat up, right? So as far as like the injuries up front, getting that continuity down, because even talking about continuity with Michael Floor, the offensive line was in flux this year, right? We got Max Mitchell starting half the year. You got Cedric Bwini starting half the year. You got George Fett starting half the year at, at one position, right tackle. Right? We even had AVT in the beginning of the year, starting at left tackle. Nobody saw that coming. So it's 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 just hard for a young quarterback, right, where you feel like you're under pressure and they're like, everybody's telling you, you have to throw the ball out of bounds. You cannot put it in harm's way. I think he felt like he was handicapped. I don't know where his confident level was at the end of the season. And then he almost had to play in week 18. If Joe Flacco had went down because Mike, you know, Mike um, White was hurt, he would have to go right back in there, EA. Yeah? So it's like – it's just a constant, epic flow, and there was no continuity. It, it was tough. It's, it's, it's hard, like you said, in the last three weeks of the season, you don't score a touchdown. right? That's, somebody's going to get the blame for that, whether it's the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, the O-line. And I just think that the Jets really struggled down the back half. When you want to be playing your best football, it was a total opposite on the offensive side.
0: So let's bridge this thing forward, Deuce. What should Robert Sala, Joe Douglas – Woody Johnson and company be looking for in terms of a new Jets offensive coordinator? Uh, Because, again, this is a very specific system the Jets ran the last two years. And you know it. The thing is, I think people sometimes on the outside are eager for an overhaul. But every time you change a system, that means a new guy comes in and he – Might be looking for certain types of personnel that you don't have (laughs) right now in that roster. So if you're these guys, and Woody Johnson made it clear the other day, hey, this is Robert Sala's call. Joe Douglas said the same thing, but Joe obviously is going to give Sala support. What should he be looking for in terms of an offensive coordinator?
1: Yeah, EA, before I get into that, that's exactly why I didn't think Michael LaFleur should have been relieved. And essentially, he didn't get relieved. It was a mutual splitting, right? But that's why I thought, you know, a lot of fans were on the uproar, like, oh, we should get run. I'm like, I don't think you guys understand that. Like, if there's any chance of Zach Wilson bouncing back or even the new quarterback that's coming in, right, you got all the pieces in the system right now to fit that LaFleur-Shanahan offense, right? So, like, if you bring somebody in that doesn't run that offense, and we know how this league is, a a lot of guys come in, well, this guy doesn't fit my system or this guy Right, doesn't. You're starting all over again. You're going to have the same issues you had last year. And also, it takes a quarterback literally like two years to really grasp a system. Let's not forget Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest of all time, right, as far as just pure talent, right? Some people would say probably the best we've ever seen. Now, Mahomes might have something to say about that towards the end of his career. But as far as right now, with, with, with the two eyes that we have in our skulls, that we've seen, nobody's been better as far as pure talent from Aaron Rodgers' standpoint, right? People thought he was done his first year within the floor system. Like I, th- I think people tend to forget. People were talking about maybe they should move on to Jordan Love because he didn't look good. It takes two years to get into this system, you know, you know, thoroughly and really grasp it. What happened the next two years? EA back-to-back MVP season, right? Right. So it's like, but with Mike four leaving. If you essentially don't bring somebody in with a similar system, which is why I like Gary Kubiak, because it is under that tree, you're starting to clock over again, EA, and we could have these same problems on offense next year, no matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Zach Wilson, Mike White, Derek Carl, Lamar Jackson, just throwing out a few names, you're starting that clock over again, so it's it's tough, right? Because that's that's what the league is. It's like it's a production based business, but in that time, like, you're, you're asked to do some unspeakable things as far as changing personnel, changing systems, while still competing and making runs in the playoffs.
0: Well, there's been a lot of names reported out there, dudes, and I'll just mm. throw a few at you. Um, you know, it, it, top, uh, top of mind, whatever comes to mind as far as any of these guys, Bill's quarterbacks coach, Joe Brady, Marcus Brady, who was the former Colts offensive coordinator. Um, Kevin Petulo, the Eagles passing game coordinator, who actually worked here under Chan Gailey a few years back. Brian Johnson, the Eagles quarterback's coach. Pep Hamilton, who was... Lovey Smith, offensive coordinator with the Houston Texans. Daryl Bevel's name has been mentioned a ton. He's Miami's quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator. He's been an offensive coordinator for four different teams. He also worked with Salah way back in the day in Seattle. I mean, we're hearing a lot of names, a lot of different reports. Obviously, the Jets aren't confirming anything. Uh, from what you've heard so far, uh, top of mind. What what have you thought?
1: Yeah, Darren Bevel is the one, I think that's the last name you said, that I think has been most linked to the Jets just mm. because of the relationship Robert Sala had with him going back to their Seattle days. I think he's a guy that's a veteran calming presence that could be really good in this system. Um System's not too far off from what Michael Floor did, so I think that would be a good name. A name I, I talked about earlier, Gary Kubiak. I think they should call him to see if he would re- come out of retirement. I mean, this is a guy that – has played a long time in this system, right, Uh, was key in that, you know, zone stretch scheme and then play action off of that and being decisive, getting the ball out of your hand system. It's quarterback friendly, right? I think that's another calming presence that could be great for the Jets quarterback room, whether it's Zach Wilson or a veteran they bring in. So, I mean, it's a lot to think about. I know a lot of people weren't enamored with the Bevel name, but you also got to think, EA, and Woody Johnson hasn't come out and said it's a playoff mandate, but we essentially know it's get to the playoffs or something might happen in the off season, Right. So you got to take into key. You got to take in, take that into account when you're an offensive coordinator, potentially coming to the jets. Right. I literally got one year to get this done. So like having a young guy probably isn't the best thing. First, So you want a guy who's
0: called plays before in the yeah. NFL. We
1: got to think, right. Because, You got to convince that guy to leave his job, come here, and it's literally one and done. If most likely one and done, if you don't get it done, right? So if you got a guy like Kubiak or you know, um, a Bevel who have been. In the system before, and have you know been coaches for a long time in this league, they understand you know the timetable. They understand that you got a top five defense. They understand you got probably offensive rookie of the year and Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Hall coming back, AVT. So maybe they're not as you know nervous about taking a job like that as where a young guy who might be willing to come on just because it's his first opportunity as offensive coordinator. But then again, how will the offense flow if it's a totally different system, you know?
0: And and I've heard some names floated out there that I don't know. I don't know if they're that realistic, like a Frank Reich, because Reich is interviewing for head coaching jobs. And people are talking about Cliff Kingsbury, and people are reporting that he does, Man, he's in uh, Thailand. He ain't thinking one about way football t- right t- now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've seen the photos from Thailand, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know how realistic some of those guys are. I mean, who Frank Reich would be co- a
1: home run. Who would be? Frank Wright would be a home run. But like you said, EA, I just think with his history and what he did with the Colts, I think he's legitimately going to get some head coaching opportunities. And right. then it comes down to, again, this is a, a veteran guy played yep. in the league, uh, coached for a long time. He's going to have a bevy of places to go to. He's got to weigh his option as far as if I come to the Jets, right? we essentially probably most likely got to get it done this year. Where if I wait and go to another team, maybe the Chargers or somewhere else that needs offensive coordinator, do I have two years minimum at least to kind of put my system in, get guys going, get guys comfortable in the system. But Chargers are essentially, I think, in the same position as the Jets. So if you go there, I think it's literally they get they have a probably a playoff mandate and more than a playoff mandate, they probably gotta go past the first round after what happened at the with them in Jacksonville being up twenty seven nothing. So I mean it's this is what the offseason is about, right, EA? You know, speculations, where guys are going to go, um, and filling out the staff and filling it out right, right? you got to have the right guys in your building.
2: WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJets. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJets. Offer subject to change, offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia.
0: So in a perfect world, you would want an experienced play caller who's called the shots in the National Football League, but also has familiarity at least has some familiarity has worked in a system that the Jets operated in the last couple years with that being said no matter who they bring in here what is Sala looking for do you think because you know the man very well obviously he wants an offense that scores points that can (coughs) run the football who can operate late in the season where the Jets falter down the stretch where they're able to flourish in December but What do you think he would want as far as a philosophical mind to match what he does defensively? Because something that you and Bart have told me repeatedly about this defense, and it seems so elementary, but you got to operate with the lead. This is all about getting 10 pass rushers on the field and dominating in the fourth quarter and pinning your ears back and getting to the Correct. quarterback. You saw you started seeing those rush numbers go up, elevate late in the season because the Jets were never in the lead.
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, right? I think you just want somebody that's comparable, right? You just want comparable football, honestly. Yes, you would love to play with a league, but like you stated earlier in this podcast, yeah, no touchdowns the last three weeks, like – Again, and people, I've seen fans on Twitter going after the defense. It's like, I think we get spoiled at times, right? When you're used to the the defense dominating week in and week out. But the thing you have to understand in this league, EA, is that there's going to be a week or two where you may not play to the standard. Can that other position or other side of the football elevate the team to a win in those scenarios? Perfect example, let's look at the 49ers versus the the Raiders when Stedham had his first start. That defense didn't play to the standard. They gave up 31 points to Jared Stidham, right? He threw for 365. But what happened on the offensive side, EA? They picked their defense up. They scored 34 to win in overtime and beat the Raiders. That's what you got to have, like comparable football. You're not going to always play your best, right? Even towards the end of the year, you want to be playing your best. There's times where you may, instead of giving up only three points, you may give up 13, which in – in the NFL, EA, you still should win games if you give up 13 points on yeah, defense. Yeah, I uh, saw – I've been following you on social that. media. I know you've been pretty
0: uh, vocal about that with fans, uh, the back uh, and forth. The, the lack of complimentary football is just killing the Jets down the stretch. Uh, you can't in, expect in all-
1: the defense to be Superman play in and play out. Like, that's right. not realistic in the NFL. So, like, that's the thing that that you got to have on offense. you got to have somebody that comes in at it, one, and stokes and invokes confidence, right? Because right Mm -hmm. now I don't know how much confidence is on that side of the football because you talked about it last three weeks, no touchdowns. Like we know Garrett Wilson has a lot of confidence. We know Brees Hall, AVT. These are some of our younger players, but we got to get everybody on that side of the ball, having confidence that we can go out there and score on anybody. We don't care who the defense is. Right. Then again, my thing, I think solid wants somebody that's comparable to this offense because, because the pieces there. Now, again, I'm a big proponent and I never liked when, when coordinators go somewhere like this guy doesn't fit my system, that's hogwash to me. It's hogwash. Your job as a coach is to coach. What can a player do? Well, don't tell me what he can't do. Tell me what he can do. Well, put him in that position where he can succeed doing things. Well, and that's what I really loved about Rex Ryan. He rarely put dudes in positions where he knew they weren't going to be successful. And He had, everybody had a key part to his defense. They, they had something specific that they did well and he let them do that. Right. So as a coordinator, whether it's offense or defense, that's your job to figure out what players do well and put them in position to make plays. I mean, we go back to Denzel Mims. A lot of people were kind of mad at, at LaFleur for, for not putting this guy out there who's two, two 220 pounds, runs like a gazelle. And I was glad that he was able to get an opportunity late in the season and started playing well, and he started making plays. So, again, yes, you might have a system in your head, a specific system, find out what players do well, put them in in positions to succeed. I think that's something else that, you know, Robert solid would look for, right? How do we get our playmakers making plays, whether they fit the system or not, what do they do? Well, and how do we get them in positions where they can succeed doing what they do? Well,
0: that was a super point about Rex Ryan, because I've always made the argument that I'd walk downstairs in his office. He start would, he would break out the playbook. He'd show you a number of plays. And he'd always have something for everybody. Again, I tell people that if he had me on the field playing safety, he'd create just a special blitz for me that, yes, he was not going to use throughout the game. I wasn't going to get 15 reps, but I was going to get two reps. And he was was (laughs) going to put me in position to make a play. Even me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No matter who you were, whatever you did well, Rex would find it. Like you said, if it was one or two plays a game, it, it would be timely, too, when he puts you out there, because it would be the last thing the offense would expect.
0: What are the pros to this job? If you are a candidate, what makes this an attractive job, the Jets' offensive coordinator position?
1: Yeah, and I think that's what we kind of talked about earlier, right? Like, again, you worry about the timeline, because it could be essentially get to the playoffs or – Staff changes, and that's just the reality of football. I know that's kind of tough for Erie to even talk about, but if you look at it, right, the positivities, you got a top five defense, EA. You can lean on your defense. So you know that coming into this, all right, I ain't got to go out here and put up 30 a game, right? I got a defense that are holding guys to 13, 14 points a game. If we just get 17, 21, we got a chance to win, right? That's tough for a lot of coordinators. A lot of coordinators in this league can't say that, EA, but if you go to the Jets, you can say that. Because it's on tape, we've seen that. So that's number one. you got a top five defense, right? You have probably two of the best young offensive talents at the skill position on your team. When you talk about Garrett Wilson going over 1,100 yards with four different quarterbacks. Brees Hall, who most likely would have been offensive rookie of the year, and Garrett Wilson even kind of you know chuckled and laughed about that when I asked at the end of the season, if Brees Hall stays healthy, does he win offensive rookie of the year? He's like, yeah, no doubt. That boy's cold. He's cold. Like I, I forgot what the number was. It was astounding. Yeah, I looked at it when Brees Hall and AVT went out. The the, the drop in production from the run game was outstanding. It was ridiculous. I think it was like from five point five to like three point five without him in the game. I think the points per game drastically dropped as well. So you got a budding star now. You worry about him coming back from that injury because it was pretty. It was a pretty ugly injury, right? Um, but from all intents and purposes and everything I heard, he's well ahead of schedule on, on on treatment. He's looking forward to maybe coming back at the beginning of training camp. AVT has come out and said he will be ready by, by training camp. Again, let the medical staff do what they do. Take your time, right? This is the offseason. You don't got to be superheroes. We need you for a 17-game stretch in the season. But you got those two guys on the skill position. And then AVT, one of the best young offensive linemen, and most versatile offensive lineman in the league. Yeah, there's not many times where a guy can go up and down the line of scrimmage. He started games left tackle, right tackle, and right guard. That is absurd for a player in his second year, and played at a high level at each one of those. So if you're offensive corner, top five defense, two offensive rookie of the year candidates, one of the best young offensive uh, linemen uh, the Jets have seen in a long time is coming back from injury. Then you got a complement of tight ends, and we will see again with contracts and how they're all, you know, set up. We'll see if there will be some changes at the tight end position. But we saw Rucker play really well in that Miami game and bring a physical presence to the run game. I think that's something he can do, and he had a really good, you know, I won't say circus catch, but it was his body was going one direction, the ball was going another. He made a really good catch from Joe Flacco on a bootleg. So I think they'll get him more involved. I honestly was surprised he didn't play a little bit more this year. But, you know, Tyler Conklin, I don't, I'm not sure if he got to the 60 catches, EA, but you got a tight end that got close to 60 catches. Quiet, like we talked about, EA. Quiet 60, but he got almost got to 60 catches. So you look at those pieces and you're like, I got a lot to work with, right? Now we do got to show up and solidify our offensive line. We got a lot of dudes coming off injury, injuries, which gives you some pause and, and makes you a little nervous. But, you know, the number one thing is we got to find a quarterback, EA. So I, th- I think that's the, what the offensive coordinator is thinking about. Like, can – we fix Zach Wilson, right? Is it just a mechanical thing? And also, if we bring a veteran in here, is this system going to be friendly for him to have success quickly? Because, again, there is a timetable to this. I know it's tough to talk about in the NFL, but there is a true timetable to this. We may have to get this done in one year. But I love what we got on offense as far as our skill position players. We have a a a Stalworth and AVT up front on O-line, and we have a top five defense. So, we have a lot to work with. Woody Johnson
0: said the quarterback has been the missing link for the Jets. He also told reporters that, yes, indeed, he is willing to spend, if that's what Joe Douglas and Robert Sala want to do, in terms of a veteran quarterback, he is willing to spend. With that being said, do you think the Jets are going to – not just go out and get a quarterback, but go out and get one of these bigger names who potentially could be on the market because I'm going to caution everybody here. Uh, a lot of these guys who people are floating out there are <laughs> still under contract, under contract. <laughs> until at least the league year commences in March. Correct.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so that's the thing. And like UEA, we all see the rumors out there, right, on, on in the Twitterverse. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the big fish that everybody's been talking about is Lamar Jackson. Right, who's technically still on the contract, will be free when the New Year League starts if they don't franchise tag him. Now, caveat to that, they just played Roquan Smith. They have a franchise tag in their back pocket. And if you're the Ravens, you literally built this offense around Lamar Jackson. Any hope that you thought Tyler Huntley, just in case it didn't work out, could be the guy, ended when he tried to sneak the ball over the goal line and got fumbled and returned for 98 yards for a touchdown. That ended all that when that happened. So if you're the Ravens, if you don't re-sign Lamar Jackson back or bring him back on the franchise and work out a deal, you literally essentially blowing up your offense because what other quarterback is that system fitting for, right? So you take that all into part. And honestly, to me, Lamar has all the leverage in that <laughs> right now, right? Like, let's look at it, EA. And I know we were talking about Jets and quarterback, but let's just look yeah. at it, just break this down to, to, to push things forward. The year before, they're the number one team in the AFC. Lamar gets hurt. What happens to him? EA, they, they, they don't make they the playoffs. Losing some ball games, they don't these. even make the playoffs. <laughs> this past year, they're teetering around the number one seed. Lamar gets hurt. What happens to him? They make the playoffs, but they lose like three out of the last round. five.
0: Laje, before you go on, I will just say this: watching that game Sunday night, they were the better team. If Lamar oh, won, Jackson, what if Lamar Jackson was on the field, they, they beat, beat the Cincinnati. And maybe they beat Kansas City the <clears> following week.
1: Yeah. If you think about it because the the one thing about the Ravens that people were complaining about earlier in the year was the defense. Oh. When Roquan Smith got there, it was a it was a night and day change. I mean, I, they went from like giving up 20 something a game EA to giving up like right under like 13 14 points a game when Roquan Smith got there. And people will see the scoreboard and say that's not true, but it is true. If you look at it, right? the week 18 versus the the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Trey Henderson had a sack fumble for a touchdown. In that right. playoff game, they had what? A fumble for a touchdown. That's not the defense giving those points up. That's the no. offense, right? Let's not forget also Anthony Brown had two interceptions where they got the ball in plus territory. So you're already against it if you're the defense. We got to hold them to three, and the Ravens did that. So it's like that defense is played at a, an elite level, and they are starting to get up there in age now. So that 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 worries you. Like, you were kind of hoping Lamar would have been able to play to see what this team really could have did if with him at quarterback. Because you got to think, I don't – does Calais Campbell have another year in him? Marcus Peters is getting up there in age? Mm-hmm. Like, now they're young everywhere else. Those are the guys that have been two Star Wars. And they've done a really good job. Justin uh, Matabike is really good inside. So he'll be able to probably take that next step when Calais walks away ultimately. And then at, outside at corner, right, they still got Marlon Humphrey. So they're really good there, but they've had, you know, Stevens, Worley. They they probably need another corner too, because Marcus Peters is getting up there in age. Safety, they're good. Right. They're good. They got they got, you know, Marcus Williams, who I know the Jets flirted with this offseason. Yep. They also got the Williams kid from Houston. Now Kyle Williams is the caveat, right? Because I was never the biggest Kyle Williams fan. And they've had a hard time trying to figure out how to use him there. Right. Oh, you're they've talking about Hamilton? Up, Hamilton? Hamilton, my bad. I said yep. Williams. Kyle Hamilton. Um, they've made him a blitzer. They put him in the slot. And, I, and, I, and I, when I saw his, kid, his film in college, people are like, he's playing the slot. I was like, no, he can't. He doesn't have any lateral quickness. It's not me taking a shot at the kid. And we've seen it in the NFL. He struggled in the slot against guys, you know, like Tyler Boyd, guys that have short area quickness. Um, to me, I think they need to use him like Dallas used J. Ron Curse. Make him a dime linebacker. I think he'd, he'd succeed and flourish in that position as a dime linebacker. Um, but the only thing is you took him like what top 15 <laughs> do you do you make your top 15 pick and, and kudos to the ravens right they didn't force him out there when he wasn't ready and that's no. what that organization does so i mean there's a lot to deal with with the ravens right because again if you essentially blow the system up you're literally starting over you're starting to clock over will hallbar stay for that you know their car's is another name that's out there right and on all intents and purposes the raiders have said they're going to most likely move forward Um, I think they have, what, three days after the Super Bowl to make a decision. They said if he doesn't get traded by then, they'll release him. It'll be a free agent frenzy for him, right? And then um, I think he fits this system perfectly, right? The Jets just needed somebody to make enough plays at quarterback and not turn the ball over. Now, Derek Carr did turn the ball over quite a bit last year, but then there was a stretch where he didn't turn it over at all. So I'm going to bank on what we've known from Derek Carr as a guy that has taken care of the football. Let's not forget last year. But everything the Raiders went through, he helped lead that team to the playoffs and threw for almost 5,000 yards, EA, with less talent than he has now, right? So him coming here, being able to be efficient, I know a lot of people scoffed at Derek Carr. And I'm like, I don't understand why people are scoffing at Derek Carr. He's like a top 12, you know, 11 to 12, 13 quarterback in my eyes. Like, I don't think the Jets have had that since Namath, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe Chad Pennington, maybe one year um so uh, yeah penny's I asking
0: mean, good years so, up uh, a far was very Favre, good in 08 for a while until yeah, the shoulder fell off exactly
1: you know? he was up there in age too you know so yeah. it's like how can we scoff when and again this is no disrespect to the former quarterbacks that have been here but have we had a top 11 quarterback in recent years like how can mm-hmm. you scoff for the guy that's 12 or 13 in the league right now you know and then obviously with wooden Le- with the floor was here i think the jimmy g comparison was obviously out there, too. But, you, again, I love Jimmy, but you worry about him being able to withstand a whole season because the history shows he's going to miss some games. So, there's a couple of names. And one that was, you know, off the wall, Tom Brady was one that I've heard, too. And I was like, I don't see that happening, but you, you never know. Tom might want to come to the Big Apple. <laughs> Do you think he's done? Real quick. you think he's going to play another year? I think he's going to play another year. I think Tom cannot – be the sole reason you win a championship. Now I think he has to have an offensive line in front of him. I think he has to have pieces around him, but rightfully so. I mean, the dude is forty six years old. Like, oh, I know. Yeah, you know, if you're expecting to get that Tom Brady from even two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, you're not going to get that guy anymore. What, that's no what if he?
0: What if he to told goat. you? What if he told you, dudes, he wanted to come here? Let, I'm say down we got for the-
1: it. If we had Tom Brady last, uh, I feel like if we had Tom Brady last year, we would have made the playoffs.
0: All right, two quick things before we get you out of here. Mm. Wilson. Which one? Zach. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you do if you're him and you just left the facility for the off season? like you talked about it being a confidence thing for him? What does he have to work on
1: both physically and maybe even mentally yeah. before
0: he gets back here in the spring?
1: I mean, maybe it's something like Mike McDaniel did for Tua. Maybe he needs to go back and watch some of the film of him making plays, realizing he can play in this league. Because to me, right now, it's more mental than anything. Like again, his mechanics are bad. I'm not going to say they're not EA, but as far as just that confidence and that mentality, like you got to get that back before you can work on anything physical. EA, you know, because if your mental's not right, the rest of that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Like literally. So like he needs to just get away from everybody, right? Maybe go, you know, some of the kids who go on YouTube, look at some of your highlights just to realize, like, I can play in this league. Like, I can do this. And then it comes down to a mentality like, all right, you got to self-scout yourself, VA. What am I doing wrong? Physically, what am I doing wrong? Why aren't my feet matching my eyes, right? Why are my mechanics all over the place, right? And then, again, I don't, uh, I know he's had a Beck as a coach before, but maybe he needs to get a new quarterback coach to work on specific mechanics right and then it's come it comes down to you taking the coaching to ea right you can get all the coaching until you're blue in the face but it has to be seen on the field you got to transfer that from where you practice at to the actual field so that's the three things like get away from everybody get your confidence back first and foremost that might take like a month with no football preparation to do right get away go on youtube look at your highlights realize I can be the guy. I went number two overall for a reason. There's a reason they decided to pick me number two overall. I could play this game at a high level. Two, get your mechanics right, right? Before you even throw a football, he should just be working on footwork and, and eye coordination, right? Footwork, eye coordination, hips. Like I said, from, from the ground up, feet, hips, hands, eyes. He needs to work on all that this offseason. And then it's about taking the coaching and then displaying that on the actual field. So it's the transfer of energy, right? Transfer that from what you learn from your coach to the field. And then it's like, I forgot what the the cliche line is. Like, uh, never fear the guy that practices over and over. And then once he gets it right, he quits. You, You fear the guy that practices till he can't get it wrong. That's what Zach has to do. He has to continue to practice till it's second nature to him as far as mechanics and everything. Till he doesn't get it wrong. Don't just do it till you get it right. Do it till you can't get it wrong. Right. And if he does that, I think he has a chance. Because we know about the arm talent. We know about the athletic ability. The thing is now, will the Jets give him an opportunity with potentially a veteran coming in here?
0: Finally, uh, first weekend in the National Football League postseason was very interesting on multiple levels. But from a Jets fan's perspective, what are your takeaways because we're looking across town right now at the Giants mm. a lot of people had written Daniel Jones off the he last couple of years and now he he looks like an ascending player in this league who's really become a very good quarterback um and then the, the other thing it, it, I want to get your thoughts on the quarterbacks overall what you saw first round but that Bills Miami game was very interesting because Buffalo turned the ball over. (sighs) They kept Miami in it. Special teams plays. You know, know, we could go through the list of what Buffalo did wrong. And Miami did a lot of things wrong, too. But they had Skylar Thompson starting at quarterback, and they still had an opportunity to win that game late.
1: Yeah, and if, if you look at it, and you know me, if you have had this conversation about Josh Allen, I just don't know what it is. And I was, I, I thought that Brian, Brian Dable maybe coached out of him. He can get reckless with the football. Yeah. like, And and it comes in spurts with him that, that make you nervous. Matter of fact, if you go back to our first meeting with them at MetLife Stadium, there was a transfer of what they did on offense after that, right? He had, what, the two picks? Should have had three, right, in that game. And then he had uh, the sack fumble that they ended up getting back from Bryce Huff, right after that game, Ken Dorsey was like, "All right, I'm I, I got to back some of this off of him. We yeah. ran the ball, and they just I don't get it because they average over five yards of carry. EA, right? They just didn't do it versus the Miami Dolphins. Now, granted, Miami is one of the best run stopping teams, but even in that game, I think they were averaging over five yards a carry, and they were up and they're just slinging the ball away. Like, I don't I don't get it with corners Joe Lombardi ultimately, and this is not me talking crazy. It cost him his job versus versus the uh, Jaguars in the playoffs. Right. You're up three scores. Austin Eckler has five carries in the second half. Your quarterback throws the ball 43 times. Trevor Lawrence was down four scores and threw it 47 times. What are we doing here? You can say it's old school or whatever. No, you got too cute trying to throw your throw throw the ball a hundred times, run the ball because even if it's three and out, EA that's like two minutes o'clock, clock, two and a half minutes a clock. Situational football, right? Yeah, you most <laughs> likely win that game, even if you run it three times and punt it, just because the clock is getting eaten. But when you throw the ball and you go three and out, or even if you do get a first down and then the next three plays or three passes, and you you, you only use like a minute and a half a clock, like you keep teams in the game. So, like the Bills, they literally got to self scout themselves. Now, I don't know if Josh Allen was going to play like that in back to back games. But one thing we know about this Bengals team is somebody's living right over there because they keep getting, their offense is not played to the standard these last couple of weeks. And people haven't talked about it. Like Joe Burrow has made some big time throws. Let's well, not get it twisted, right? They, they scored 17 last week. And really, if you look at it, they scored 14 because you know, that pick that Anthony Brown had led to points, you know, early in that game. And then they scored again on defense. So like, that the defense has been able to bend, bend that break because they really didn't stop the Ravens at all either. It was the turnovers that stopped them now. Again, you give credit where it's due, but Huddle just wants to play like it's supposed to be played. Andrews and Patrick Ricard are pushing him into the end zone on that quarterback sneak instead of trying to go over the top. Right now, the interception was really good job by um, Davis Gaither, right? He was in zone coverage, eyes back to the quarterback. Anthony Brown didn't even see him. So that I'll give them kudos for that. But again, If they don't fumble that ball and the Ravens go up seven there, I think the Ravens win that game. I think everybody thinks the Ravens win that game because they literally were punching them in the mouth all night long. Yeah, And Huntley made some big throws to Mark Andrews, to Isaiah Likely. I mean, uh, a sluggo on a double move on Eli Apple for a touchdown. So,
0: And and the Bengals' old line line
1: is a mess too. And the Ravens got after them, especially in that second half. I mean, I think Joe Burrow – And that offense, uh, I think they punted on like three consecutive drives in that second half. And even one where Joe Burrow usually makes a play to end the game on third and ten, he was able to get out of the pocket. He made a couple guys miss and just hit the ground. But that's, you know, kudos to the secondary for the Ravens for plastering their guys and not letting somebody open. Because usually in those situations, Joe either runs for the first down or he finds somebody open for the first down. And there was nowhere for him to go with the football. And he just slid on the ground so the clock can keep running. And ultimately they got that fourth and 20 stop at the end. But if, if you're the Bills, right, if, if you don't turn the football over, you, you probably have a lot of confidence going into this game just because you've seen that their offense has struggled, you know, more specifically in second halves of the last two weeks. Now, granted, this Bills defense is a shell of itself. It wasn't like it was last year. They're giving it up. You talked about a scholar Thompson threw for over 250 yards. Now He didn't have great completion percentage numbers, right? But his receivers also didn't help him out either. Guys were dropping wide open passes. He was I throwing know. some absolute dots, dots in that game. And again, this Bills defense, there was times where davis Wyatt and Taryn Johnson made some good plays in one-on-one coverage. But this is a different Bengals outfit, right? With Joe Burrow and those receivers. Now, again, with Waddle and Hill, yes, you have to respect that. But with the quarterback, you probably didn't respect it as much. To me, the Bengals want to win this game in Buffalo. They have to run the ball. They're another team where did you forget you have a, a Pro Bowl All-Pro running back? Yeah, I know you got the pass catchers, but it's like, dude, Joe Mixon is a dude. Like, he's a guy. Like, you got to get him involved. And then you talked about the offensive line. With a beat-up offensive line, what better way to get that offensive line going than to run the football, EA? You know? Right. Buffalo's been susceptible to teams running the ball. I thought Miami would run the ball a little bit more, but they literally got in the shootout with him and kept up with him. So, like, uh, it's it's... It's weird because both of these teams, like you're used to the Bengals just putting up crazy points on offense, used to the Bills defense playing way better. It's been opposite this year for both of those teams.
0: So, dudes, nobody can argue that the Jets haven't closed the gap in the division.
1: Yeah, for sure. The gap is closed. If you look at it, let New England off the hook twice in both of those games. Um, the Buffalo Bills game, Josh Allen, the second one. I mean, they beat the Jets, beat them the first time. The second one threw for like 147, and literally, they were terrified to even kind of put the ball in his hand that second half. Michael Carter doesn't have that fumble. We finish in the red zone, we sweep the Bills, right? And then we saw what happened with the Miami Dolphins put up 40 on them the first time, but the second time, no offensive touchdown. I mean, it's, it's hard to win this league. You lose a game nine to six, essentially, it was 11 to six because of the laterals, and they got the safety at the end. But you know, if you're you're Jets defense, you give up nine points, you're supposed to win a game like that. So the gap is closed. I think what comes what it comes down to again, EA, is what we kind of talked about throughout the show. Finding the right guy under center, right? If you can get that done and you can have comparable football on offense, the Jets, there's no reason why they couldn't make a serious one in the playoffs. Cause anytime you have a top five championship type defense, you have a chance in this league.
0: So final point daniel jones his success this year how much do you credit him personally for how he stuck to it throughout those early turbulent times and how much do you point to dayball and say dayball is a quarterback whisperer because not only has he done this with daniel jones but josh allen was considered a very very raw talent when he came out of wyoming And he started to shape that guy and turn him into a superstar. So, again, it goes back to – I want to ask you from a player's perspective and who's now in an analyst role, how much do you credit the coaching and how much do you also put on the individual? Like, you got to give Allen and Daniel Jones a lot of credit themselves. But Dayball, he certainly has worked some magic.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, We'll start with Dayball and then get to the playoffs. I mean – I mean, I think Brian Dable is a quarterback, Grisper. Honestly, Josh Allen was the one quarterback in that draft class I had the most concerns about, right, because he was just so raw. Uh, he hadn't played the position that long, and then he was coming from Wyoming, and then you were worried about some of his mechanics, right? And now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And some of the things that give you pause is what we've seen lately, though, from him as far as turning the football over and the fumbles and, and things of that nature. And then um Daniel Jones, right? I, People literally were ready to put this dude on the scrap pile. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, and I loved him coming out of Duke. Right. I thought he was an efficient quarterback. Uh, a lot of people didn't talk about his athletic ability, but they they realize how real it is these last few years. More specifically, this year, he's a guy that can keep plays alive. But going to the players, right? Dayball definitely. I don't know if either one of those guys have the career they have without Brian Dayball. But to give some credit to both of these players, right? Because Daniel Jones, starting with him. It's a want to thing not to turn the football over. Right. We saw that more specifically in the Vikings game. If it wasn't there, Daniel Jones just took off and used his legs. Right. Now he was official with the football. He threw some absolute darts in that game. And guys were Scott wide open. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the Vikings pass defense is just atrocious. But that was the game I think everybody wanted to see Daniel Jones. I think he honestly, to to be honest, yeah, I think he made another twenty million dollars off of that game alone um going into this offseason because he's proven that. He was a guy that was taken in the top five for a reason, right? With Daniel Jones, you can win football games. And let's not forget the supporting cast. He's doing it with EA. Yeah. Like, these aren't some name guys. These are guys. Isaiah Hodgins was a guy that, you know, was essentially released from the Buffalo Bills because they are too deep a receiver. But that's the league, EA, right? There's so many Isaiah Hodgins on every other team. Just depends on what team you're on. If another but team but to your gets point, to see they don't you, have
0: a Garrett Wilson there. To your point, they don't have, they a, don't Garrett have a Garrett Wilson.
1: Wilson. They don't have a you know a Diggs. You know they got Josh Allen some help. They got him a Stephon Diggs. They don't have a Gabe Davis like, and he's able to go out there and be efficient with the football. They run the ball well, but the funny thing is they flipped the script this last week. They passed the ball to run it. Usually, you know Saquon's getting twenty some Saquon had five carries. EA five <laughs> like, and they beat the breaks of the Vikings. Now the score isn't indicative of that but they beat the brakes off the Minnesota Vikings, right? They 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 won the physical battle at the line of scrimmage. Daniel Jones did what he wanted to on offense. They could not stop him at all. You know defense, Link Martindale dialed up, some, dialed up some timely blitzes, and those guys competed, and they got after Kirk Cousins. So you have to credit Daniel Jones because it's a want-to thing to fix your problems as far as turning the football over, right? It is a want-to thing as far as being able to secure the football because it wasn't just throwing picks for him. It was fumbling the ball as well, too, E.A., and he's done a significant, uh, significantly better job of protecting the football, which is the number one thing you have to do as a quarterback.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, it's going to be so interesting to watch not only how these playoffs unfold, but for the Jets, who's going to be that new offensive leader, the captain of the ship, and then also where Zach Wilson is at when he comes yeah. back and starts learning a new system and then potentially what the jets do here in the offseason with possibly a veteran quarterback but uh we got a little bit of time before that all starts yeah. uh breaking mid march is going to be interesting here as always jets have definitely a lot less holes but they got to fill that offensive coordinator vacancy and then they got to figure out the missing link and that is the quarterback position. Dudes, had so much fun catching up with you, man. I know you are busy as heck. Where can people watch you this weekend? I know we can listen to you, I Am Athlete tonight, Sirius Radio, uh, every night. That's at 7, right? 7
1: to 9 p.m. Eastern, yep. So you can listen to me every every night, weekly, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. But this weekend, divisional matchups, I'll be on CBS Sports HQ doing some pre- and post-games for this weekend's game. So come in. I'm going to have some dope breakdowns. If you want to you know listen, learn a little bit about football, we'll have some fun. Tune in.
0: And if you want to have some exchanges with Dews on Twitter, he's always available there as well.
1: Always. <laughs> at LJ Douzable. Follow me on Twitter.
0: Thanks, buddy.